Good morning. This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. getting out. I'm bringing the umbrella just in case. <clears throat> A bit of drizzle this uh, this morning. It's five something. Five something in the morning. It's still still dark out. And I uh, was watching. It's um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, third season three, and pretty close to the end of the season. It's like episode episode eighteen, I think, something like that. <clears throat> no topic in mind. <laughs> Perhaps that's the, the topic uh, to topic to discuss. <clears throat> Nothingness. The, uh, the absence, the absence of uh, everything. I'll, I'll I'll be talking with some people sometimes, and they'll mention things like uh, the mystery. One person heavily into yoga that I know has has mentioned it a couple times. The mystery, <clears throat> and uh, connection to a different religion. What yoga is a religion? Welcome to my world. Uh, a Christian uh, that I encountered. A bishop? I have this memory of being a bishop. But anyways, uh, they, they also referred to the mystery. <clears throat> and and it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit vague for me. Uh, I guess it's the best that uh, they can do. <laughs> it has a feeling. It's almost like the the mystery box. You know, this has the question marks on it, and uh, kind of a a Schrodinger's cat moment of of considering what's inside the box, right? You know, and it's this. There's this infinite potential uh, within the within the mystery. I did, uh, I did kind of consider that when I was working on a sword and sorcery, I found myself. I put the main character in this uh, situation where there were 
considering obliteration or oblivion. Basically, nothingness. The, the absence of, of being. And sort of sat back from that and I'm still not sure whether it will make the cut because even in writing it, it's, it seems so vague because a reader walking into it is going to have some, some difficulty. And also it's a problem of does it, does it work for the story? <clears throat> and I was considering this sort of polarity, like these two two extremes. One of them being this an, an, an experience of uh, wholeness, wholeness and healing, and. Uh, that I sort of interpret as a kind of center. And I've explored it a number, number of different wheel, uh, ways. One of them is as a wheel, a kind of wheel of fate. And then if you, can get, if you can get to the center of the wheel with the hub, that there's this stability. You're not rising and falling anymore in the, on the wheel of fortune. Fortuna's wheel. Uh, But when you get out to the outer rim, that that there's this uncertainty and uh, another couple words are uh, sort of a unity at the center versus uh, the opposite, a duality at, on the rim. But I, I still, I still am not sure whether that works for the story. Like say it, uh, it might, it might become subtext. I might bury it and have it as something only symbolic and not actually talked about. I found myself uh, watching, was flipping around videos and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking and he mentioned the the multiverse and I had this thought of what if the multiverse is right here you know right now what if this is the multiverse you know that all of the the variations of perspective, for example, throughout our life, you know, we're, we're seen, 
we experience many people and many people experience us. And there's this variety, um, a multiplicity, multiplicity. And yeah, what if, what if this is the multiverse in total? And I know that there's um, that there's differences. <laughs> okay, I definitely saw a mouse this time, <laughs> and it was it was running across the uh, sidewalk and up up to a house. So, oh yes, I, so I was talking about, uh, that this jumping around of perception, you know, that say, I go to a party and everybody is experiencing me in a different way, like everybody has their filter Everybody has their way of seeing things that has been shaped by culture and experience. And we're all coming from slightly different places. One, one thing I've, I've played with is the idea of that there's only this that a, a, a bit of flipping around of ideas that uh, hearing people argue about really it's about finances like say why colonize and you know why go out into outer space because you know it's here right we we are it that we ought to invest in uh, the here and now, and not be, you know, blow, blowing money on space travel and getting out there. <clears throat> and that got me thinking, kind of, of along the lines of Ray Bradbury's Martian Chronicles. There's this moment where, and to s- slight spoilers, you know, uh, but... I'll try to make it vague. <clears throat> There's a moment where somebody encounters uh, another person, and they're both not sure uh, whether or not they are, are real. Like, say, uh, are they having a, a hallucination? So each person is saying that they're real, and that the other is, uh, you know, perhaps not real, kind of like a, a ghost or a, a hallucination. And that reminded me, or I was reminded of that, of that moment. Uh, why? Uh, in my own situation, I'll find that I'll have this, you know, a riot of thoughts and emotion and... 
they are almost like say knee jerk responses and uh, extreme and very unrealistic as soon as I start to sort of get some perspective and kind of standing outside myself, you know, and looking around and going, everything is fine. You know, everything is, uh, I'm safe and I'm not being attacked. But in my mind, there's this perspective going on that's, uh, in my opinion, is skewed. So I'm looking at things a certain way. And not all the time, but I'll, I'll notice these uh, habits. And, and there's a, there's a, a, yeah, there's a bias at work. Uh, but to backstep a bit I'll, I'll, I'll play with this notion of, of, of perception of perceiving where I am reality and start peeling off uh, these layers and going you know say I have been told that I am in this city of Vancouver but that almost robs me of of the perception of the place so I'll peel off that layer and then there's the uh, layer of perception of my own identity I have been told that I am this, that, and the other thing. Uh, some of them are, some of the perception is limitations, and some of them are benefits, you know, and I'll peel, peel that layer off, and there's time, this layer of, you know, what day is it, you know, what, what year is it, uh, these these constraints, you know, or you know, oh well, I'm modern. I'm living contemporary. Uh, my lifetime, which which limits me to, you know, it sort of pigeonholes me in in history, and I'll have these brief moments where I'll be able to. Uh, stand outside of that and be thinking about future archaeologists or have this fantastical moment where I'll 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 be at a um, construction site I was at a construction site a while ago uh, just just passing by and find found myself thinking this process a, l- a lot of these houses on this street are temporary temporary economi- accommodations and they're going to get 
torn down and they're going to get replaced with something contemporary and modern, perhaps with a, you know, a retro flavor or some kind of status symbol. I, I, I suspect the new status symbol is a double door because most, most of the older houses have a single door and then the, the newer houses have these double doors. Mini mansions. Uh, and two, uh, another layer of definition, sort of how I define myself and where I live, what kind of shoes I wear. But I'll, I'll play with the notion of place as the city where I live and having traveled a little bit, especially uh, going to Korea for a couple years, I got this feeling that it was Vancouver, that I would have these moments where I, f I forgot where I was, that uh, <clears throat> the people wandering around, uh, you know, they could, they could be Van Vancouverites. And, you know, there are streets and there are buildings Yes, there's moments where the language is different a lot of the time. But the flip side, uh, the community where I'm living, you know, there's, there's a number, number of people who could be, could be Korean. And say, uh, I'll ride a bus and look around and going, oh my gosh. You know, this could be, this could be Korea. <clears throat> and uh, I like, I, li I like the notion, uh, I like, I like that feeling of that in, instead of, say, you know, limitation of, of, of place. Uh, instead having this sense of wholeness. <clears throat> I've, I've used the word before more so just to uh, co cosmopolitan. And I've used it to I like the notion and I, I like the, the definition, but I don't like say how how it's been used or co-opted for say jet setters or you know and too that's a polite term for them.
and uh, I'm, th- I'm thinking of it in the sense of attempting to be more human or a better a better person, you know, say somebody who can fit in and who isn't, you know, walking around and demonizing people and, uh, you know, saying, you're different or, you know, your culture is, sucks, you know, it's less superior. There's a term in anthropology, Eurocentrism, and it's not just uh, Europe or whatever country you know you come from or religion culture it's it's everywhere and I got a taste of that as well in Asia and Korea you know there's a there's a sense of identity and pride and purpose that people have about where they come from history and it's it's weird because as you know growing up that i didn't have that on two on two on two sort of stages or parts i i sort of felt a kind of kind of anemic and when i went to korea i was i was I felt absolutely, um, I felt vindicated because I knew nothing. You know, I, I barely knew anything about this place and its history and traditions <clears throat> and felt uh, painfully stupid. And uh, growing up in the subculture or the uh, counterculture as it's called I felt that there was this notion of, of superiority via oh, you know, we're so open-minded you know uh, and uh, less, less so, uh, with, say, you know, people not reinventing language, but using terminology, like say, calling themselves uh, freaks, and so you know, people in my extended family would call each other freaks, and this was kind of a badge of honor. You know, oh, we're not normal people; we're freaks. You're a freak, I'm a freak. And there's a, there's a bit of that with... Currently, I, I see uh, the language uh, within fandom. You know, people calling each other geeks. You know, oh, we're geeking out. Uh, or we're nerds. Terminology like that. And... I, I suspect it, it's it's that you know the the people it's kind of a weird f- sort of flip on the term the terminology <clears throat> because a 
a, a freak would be, say, uh, an outcast or, or a geek. Um, I think if you go back even far enough, there's references. I, I remember something about, at one time, a geek was a, a kearney, somebody who worked at a carnival who uh, bit off uh, chicken heads, did things like that to kind of shock and disgust. <clears throat> and that what is it? That definition, you know, or that character has been pushed aside for this, for using the uh, the noun, using this word to describe uh, a group of people. It's mainstream. That's that's what it is. Uh, mainstream people, and <laughs> now now I'm s- sort of lost in my own thoughts, walking down this twilight street, the orange street lamps. I'm kind of lost in uh, writing as well, but I'm also uh, trusting in the process. This happens every year. It's part of my process. And I think it has to do with uh, retrospect, being retrospective, and getting a bit of clarity. So it's kind of accepting the being lost, wandering a bit. In my screenplay manual, that's uh, the beginning of the second act is summed up kind of as an archetype of uh, the hero as wanderer. Huh, there's another mouse. <laughs> there must be some kind of... Um... <clears throat> I guess it makes sense, late night activity. That there's late night activity. I'm just hoping the, the local cat is um, patrolling... Uh, patrolling uh, near near my place. I sort of feel like I haven't made it quite clear about my my thoughts about. Uh, I, I was talking for a bit about space travel and this argument of. We should just stay here, you know, and fi- fix fix up our problem here. Like, say, if we have, if we're going to have mass extinction, you know, shouldn't we invest in in the here and now? And. 
my mind goes to the city, my mind goes to this uh, perception of perception of place and my my own perception of place that I'm I'm living here with a lot of people and we're all in you know we're all involved in our own kind of story and our own point of view But I, it, if, if say, I take off my colored glasses, you know, my <laughs> yeah, purple colored, I, I'm not sure what color I have, but if I take off those glasses and if I can wander around, is it possible to wander around without imposing division, imposing duality? And instead, if I can wander around with a, a sense of unity and wholeness and uh, live that way, I'll have, I'll have brief moments where it, it feels like that's happening. And there's a struggle. I found when I was doing my book that there was this huge struggle, this... Uh, conflict, you know, these two sides who are struggling, vying for domination. And then, and I'll, uh, it almost seems bicambrian, the, the notion of uh, t- sort of having a brain with two sides that one side is one side, it feels like one side is, is me, you know, the identity and the ego, and then the other side is <clears throat> almost like a stage manager, you know, or, you know, delivers, the, it writes the script, uh, or it is the script. And a bit of, you know, one side is, you know, self-conscious or aware, whereas the other one is almost mechanical. And I said before, knee-jerk, right? So there's these responses that are conditioned or programmed. <clears throat> and now I find myself going back to uh, the, the comment of uh, oblivion or the void or uh, the mystery A part of my work has to do with confronting the cause of the symptoms. So I'll be writing and then I'll find myself 
consider, considering what it is I'm not looking at. You know, what, uh, what I am denying. And I, sus- I suspect, you know, I've, that I've always been doing that, that uh, been getting these peaks, like say, uh, looks, you know, and see- seeing what it is, uh, and, uh, you know, facing and confronting. And I find I'm, right now I'm just taking this step and saying that it's this uh, part of my mind or psyche that is that has dominated, that has been dominating, and that I'm confronting that this you know this script, this kind of computer program, and. Structure. I can't. I can't get the box of mystery out of my head. <laughs> that's and too, I think that's working on a couple different levels. That there's the there's something in the mind that is unseen or unknown with infinite potential. It could be anything. Uh, Looking away from the cause of the symptoms that say it's, uh, it's, it's difficult and painful to to address it, and uh, it's difficult and painful to own it, to take responsibility for it. Uh, There's not a lot of coping skills that uh, we hand out, or say that the coping skills that exist are outdated or they don't translate well, like say... uh, I've mentioned religion before, that I require a translation. And and some people have a difficulty with that, say, uh, I'll be talking with them about their religion, and they'll make these statements of, you know, just believe or just have faith. And again, I want them to translate that for me. You know, there's these... There's this jargon and terminology. And I, I think that's a failure if, if you're not able to couch it. Uh, if you're not able to communicate, then it's preaching to the converted or preaching it to the, I don't know, inverted. Like say the you know, people who grew up inside of it. And uh, I grew up around a number of people who had uh, left their faith, right? They had left the religion. And uh, looking back and examining 
it, it, it's all about translation. You know, it's all about uh, uh, an, an inability to communicate. Uh, and not answer uh, the big questions. You know, say say that uh, teenagers have young teenagers or teenagers. And uh, that said, I have met some uh, awesome people who uh, I don't know. They've taken the time to um, translate, think about it, come up with a a, a bridge. And uh, so that they can talk with the outside world. <clears throat> Instead of being sort of trapped, or well, not trapped, but they're within their belief system and it's, you know, oh, you know, we're totally not interested. And, you know, if you're not part of the club, forget it. Or if you want to marry in, then, you know, whatever. But we're not going to take the time to break this down for you, right? That's your job. <laughs> the rain is just just a incrementally this kind of misty drizzle is just picked up just a tiny bit more. <clears throat> I don't know why I'm mentioning this, but I'm off coffee right now. I'm, uh, I've been drinking tea for the past past little while, and uh, more and more so. So I suspect, I suspect ultimately, there'll be this kind of we- weaning. That ultimately, it'll be. Uh, you know that I'll, I'll just not not uh, not be able to handle it anymore. I don't know about you, but I I drink. Uh, I have a really strong cup of coffee. <laughs> like you could you could have like the. I'm exaggerating, but you know, I put a spoon in and it stands straight up. It doesn't fall to the side. When I'm stirring it, it's and two, it, it's strong, and sometimes I'll make it too strong. And if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, thank goodness, because <laughs> it's uh, uh, and and two on on that note that that's a that's a a good example of uh, symptoms and cause. There's no reason uh, to drink coffee, and yet there there is. You know, the drinking of the coffee that's a symptom, and two by extension, drinking tea, which is a, a stimulant. It's different, but it's still you know caffeine. There's other stuff going on in the mix, and and various other stimulants. So it's all about being stimulated, and if if you if you buy into the 
argument of uh, symptoms versus the cause. <clears throat> if you consider what it is, as I uh, hope, <laughs> I, that I, I hope to consider the cause, uh, it, but it's, it's difficult and painful uh, to take a look at that. Because it's, it's sort of like um, removing a mask or uh, a- addressing who you are uh, underneath, you know, all of the layers and complexity. And why, why do we want these stimulants or distractions? What is it that we aren't... Uh, looking at or dealing with or finding it difficult to deal with. On Twitter, I'll, I'll notice these people who are... Like, there's the... This is within writers, that there's the pro-coffee camp, then there's the pro-tea camp, and then there's the people who don't drink, you know. And two, they say they don't. But, you know, I'm sure if I had access to their kitchen... You know, I could find their drug of choice, whether whether it's sweets or whatever. And that's tough. I, I think ultimately it's that we cons- we are considering our pain, or you know, one considers their pain. And their dis- disconnect from, like, say, you know, we talk about reality, but really what we're talking about is perception a lot of the time. That once we, once we push away the um, what we what we think is happening the drama of life, once we push that away. And the world kind of falls apart without all of the uh, all of this stuff that's propping it up and saying, oh, this is the real world. And then you know, confronting it, and then it starts to it starts to become less and less of what the real world is. Like for example, I'm walking down a street, uh, but for the past forty three minutes, I have been, you know, considering. I've been talking. I've been considering, um, mulling and digging around in my thoughts. Uh, you could argue that what's going on in my brain, that there's a, that that's a real thing, that thoughts and emotions, um, you know, neuro, neurotransmitters, and, uh, you know, there's electrical bursts happening in my, in my brain and your brain. <clears throat> But it's happening within a brain. It's not happening, you know, outside. And 
so that's that's something I'm I'm working on. I'm writing on, writing about. Um, I'm considering it. I enjoy talking about it, um, researching about it. Uh, you know, is is this really happening? No, it's 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 not. Like, say, sometimes I see videos that sort of talk about this, but I don't get a translation. Or say, I'll see it in a movie like The Matrix. Uh, or I'll hear it in discussion. And again, I, I, I would like the translation. Which for me is, is that my perception is obscuring uh, a true reality. You know, is, it, is it possible to to get there a hundred percent? I doubt it. Uh, even if I removed all of my cultural and all of my personal biases and filters and rose-colored glasses, I, I'm still left with things like the mind obscures or fills in the blanks, um, ma- attempting to make sense of, of what is perceived. So there is a, it, it, it's, it's say it's the, it's the hard science of, you know, your genetics, uh, how you're wired versus the, the soft science of, you know, culture and culture and society. <clears throat> Why do this? Why do this? Ah. Well, uh, I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not coming from the best place. I'm not coming from the, the best perspective. And... I'm I'm hoping to 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 shape it. Uh, I'm hoping to hoping to shape it. I'm hoping to make better. I'm hoping to improve, and also to confront, because really we're not talking about it enough. I mean, it sort of emerges for a bit. There's a few buzzwords. Um, you know, you'll be watching a talk show and, you know, it'll emerge briefly. Uh, some superstar will talk about their stint in rehab or, uh, you know, an A-list actor talks about their therapy sessions and kind of in an offhand way. And, or ultra, ultra serious, but... <clears throat> But it just it feels like we're just we're just not there. Uh, and again, that's perception. You know, I'm coloring it. I'm saying, oh, you know, uh, I have a, a bias or a pessimism in in viewing how things are right now. Is that is that real? Is that true? 
So just winding things up. I don't know if I'll post this <laughs> episode. I think I, it feels more and more like, um, like I'm kind of yelling on Twitter and that, or say like it's some kind of TV show that I'm, I'm trying to, trying to offer, not trying to offer, but anyways, thank you for listening, and I encourage you to uh, take, take off the colored glasses, or the shades, the shades, I guess the, I guess the question is 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 it, is it possible to how much can a person get there is it possible to get closer to the experience of a kind of a kind of nothingness like how I started talking about the uh, with the absence of You know these, the shaping, or and so you could argue that it's it's the misshaping of of reality, warping things, and is it possible to escape that at least to fifty percent, you know, or or close to that? Is it possible to kind of unplug at least for a while so that it's not um, be, uh, because it it can be it can be a burden, and I, I'm hoping that the I'm hoping that say talking about it, thinking about it, writing about it, that to to promote that dialogue and. Get uh, get closer to uh, more of a balance. There we go. All right. Take care.